Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for tonight. Let's have a word of prayer. Our dear Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the provision you have made for us to be gathered here tonight. Here in this temple and those in the various homes or offices on the various platforms. We pray that dear Lord, you will be with us. We just want to be with you tonight. So Father, provide the utterance. Provide what is needed for our lives tonight. Even as you speak through me, O Lord, and may your word minister to each one of us. Give us the hearts, O Lord, tonight to hear what is needful so that we can grow thereby in you and stand strong in this precious faith that you have given unto us so that none of us may deny you or depart from this faith and to always glorify and to lift up the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you and I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight we are looking at the topic. We should be mindful not to deny our Lord Jesus Christ. We should be mindful not to deny our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. It says, Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. So it's as if the Lord knew. I know He knows everything. So He could see into the future that a time will come when some would deny Him before men. I mean, before the Father which is in heaven. You know, at first when I saw the topic, I said to myself, who will even try to deny our Lord Jesus Christ? Of course, we know of the Pharisees whom at the very beginning they rejected Christ. And these were even leaders in the synagogue, high priests, and what have you. Then we have kings and princes who even issue threats. So from that very moment, there were people who stood their grounds and said, this Jesus will not accept him. will reject him from the onset. But tonight, my focus is not even on those who right from the beginning said, we don't want to accept you. Because I have come to realize that in First John, I think First John chapter 2 verse 19, First John chapter 2 verse 19, 
He says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. That's what I'm saying tonight. I'm trying to look from within. They went out from us. Which means these were people who were with them. They were part of them. They were part of their body. But a time came and they went out. Today you and I are here, are in the body of Christ. So I was asking myself, this is a serious temptation. All of us who belong to this body, I think we all need to be careful. So that we can remain to the very end. Because the word and scripture says, they went out from us. These are people who have tasted the truth. They have been enlightened before. They knew what it meant to be with Christ. But he said, a time came and they went out. And a little background study that I did, brethren, you'll be surprised that even the modern day Freemasons, the two main branches referred to as the York and the Scottish people, were all Christians. They belong, they were Christians. Maybe my definition of Christian is not right. But from what I read, they were Christians. And their aim was to improve on Christianity. As to how Freemasons and the secret societies could be used to be an improvement on Christianity, I don't know. But they were in the faith. And today we all talk about the secret societies, the lodges, the occults, and it says the very foundation of the modern day Freemasons, which started around 1771, were Christians. Were Christians. Then when you come to Karl Marx and Lenin, were the architects of communism which was aimed at opposing God these two great men were from the religious community in fact Lenin belonged to the Russian Orthodox Church and I don't know how many of you know the real name of Karl Marx what we know now is what we call the AKA. <laughs> but the real name of Karmas, he had a Moses, Mordecai, Levi, Max. I hope you are catching it. His real name was Moses, Mordecai, Levi, Max. Today, the one we know as Karmas who introduced communism, which swept across Europe and even parts of Africa, even including our own Ghana at a point in time, belonged to the Christian faith. But his agenda was to oppose God. So when scripture says, they went out of us, it's a serious matter for all of us to know that if we don't stand well, if we say we are standing, we should stand well, lest someone may fall. And 
When I also even look at the issue of denial, and I look at our own key man, Peter, who at a point we said, he denied even Christ. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, He says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In verse 19, he says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Peter was even given the keys. That with these keys to the kingdom of heaven, whatever you shall bind, the heavens will be behind you. Furthermore, in Matthew 19, 27 to 29, Matthew 19, 27 to 29, when they have asked to us, we are following you, what is in this thing for us? The Lord answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have Therefore, and Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that are forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Peter had been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He had been assured of where he was set. But in John chapter 21, verse 3, Peter said he was going to fish. I don't know if you are catching it. To have been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So that whatever you say, the heavens will stand with you. And having been assured that there is a throne where you will sit with me. A time came. Peter said, I go a fishing. And the rest said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night, unfortunately, they caught nothing. So I was just asking myself, with all the assurances, if you and I seated here today have been given that power, that authority, to have that access, and I believe in uh, efficiency is there, we have access to call upon the Father. But I think in spite of this, people are still denying the faith. And that is what happened to Peter. How will somebody drop the keys to this kingdom and the seat given allotted to him and to go fishing? This is a big matter. And I believe today, those of us who even belong to the body of Christ, with all that Christ has given to us and the promises, will somebody go fishing? <laughs> or it's only Peter. Well, let's come to the point where with the keys that we have, 
But the access that we have to call on the Father and to enter into the throne with our prayers. Will it come that some will say that, well, my occupation, I'm going back to my fishing. I want to go back and get some more money. I've had enough. I've labored enough. I've followed Jesus Christ. Is it possible for anybody to come to that point? That is what I'm saying, brethren, tonight. And sometimes some of these topics, you need to sit down and probe and ask yourself questions. Because the topic is about denial of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said we should be mindful that we don't deny him. Because it happened. Like I said, the modern day Freemasons were of the Christian faith. But today, where are they? Well, the same Freemasons I knew in the 80s, even in Ghana, there were some members of Methodists and Presby who even took their ministers to court because they would not allow them. They wanted to be in the church and at the same time belong to the Freemasons. And some leadership said, we will not allow it. And they took it to court. And some were elders, professionals. That's why I'm saying this matter is not something that we should think that it may not happen. It has happened. And in the last few decades, there have been people in the faith who have come to the point and they are denying our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why tonight this topic, maybe one may ask yourself. So we seated here or standing here tonight. Is there any reason, any cause that will make anybody say, I've come to a point, but today I'm going back. It's a matter for all of us to think about because it has happened before. There's a precedent. There's a history. There's a recording that it has happened. Have we been asked ourselves when the Methodist Church of UK decided to vote on the issue of gay marriage? They had as many as I think 246 people voting in favor as against 54. And this is just about last year. Haven't they heard the Bible before? Haven't they read the Bible before? So what has happened? That they could get such a massive vote on such an issue. So when we say a time comes and people go out of their faith, it is a matter that I think all of us, when some of these things are being talked about, it's not about somebody. It's about myself. It's about yourself. What have we tasted? What have we seen about Christ? What have you seen about Christ that a time comes and you say, I've had enough. I knew people like Paul said, I want to know more of you. So what will make a man or woman say that I've had enough? May we be numbered among those who will be thirsty and hunger for our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if that doesn't happen, like I said, a time had come and some said, we're going back. We have followed this Jesus and we are going back. And on this particular issue, I think we all, as we say, we are in the faith we should be mindful of why we are in the faith. Are we here for just the bread and butter? Are we here for just the blessing? 
If that is why sometimes even somebody just wants healing. If that healing doesn't come through, then let me go back to where I came from. Maybe I'm looking for some wealth. But I've been in for 10, 20 years. It hasn't come my way. Is that a good reason for somebody to say that I am going out? Because brethren, some were in it. And they went out. That's what I'm saying tonight. We are not looking at those who even rejected Christ. Right from the beginning. Or somebody who has never believed. We're talking about we ourselves. Who say we are in the faith. And we are in the church. Let's pray. Let's cause for prayer. For the Lord to help us to stand and stand well. Because some had come in and they had gone out. So as reflecting on this, I tried to look at some four key areas which are tempting to make some come in and go out. I think the very first one I've just mentioned is about the reason why we haven't come into the faith. If we have just come in for what we want to get and eat right now, we are looking for the immediate thing. We are looking for an instant solution. Then probably, if we are not careful, we may be numbered among those who have gone out, who came in and went out. Because I've realized that with Christ and our Lord, God himself, it is not everything which is instant. He takes time to prepare us for everything he has for us. Why would it take God to take those many years to prepare Moses to assume that leadership position? Should it take that much? But today I believe for some people, for some few months, we are ready to fly. Or even it's a blessing. I believe that if God has not prepared us to receive certain blessings, He knows that when those blessings come some of us our way, we might go back. The blessings will be the very things that may send some people back. For that reason, I can see the Lord taking his time to prepare us before he will hand over that blessing that he will give to us. So depending on the reason why we have come into the faith, if it is only a blessing that we desire, then we ought to be careful. Because if we are not careful, and it doesn't come. And even because we, we desire it, sometimes we, we fix our own timetable. This must be given to me by a certain date. If I don't receive it, the Lord, as they will say in Chi, may not to contact Yapai. We've come to a certain crossroad. I came to you knowing that I want this from you. If it's not going to happen, take your gospel, take your faith, let me go to where I came from. And, but Christ says, seek ye first the kingdom of what? God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be what? Shall be added. But we have put the things that to be added ahead of us. And I pray that tonight, if per adventure, yours is not the kingdom and the righteousness, examine your life. And let the Lord begin to renew you and to pay attention to what is needful and the most crucial thing. Otherwise, you might also be counted among those who came in, but then they've gone out. 
I'm asking myself, why would somebody come into a faith like this, receive a man like Jesus Christ, but says, I am going away. So some key points that we should note. The first one is lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Probably many people have not really come to the point of knowing who Christ is and what he means to us. I would therefore encourage all of us. That is why we should seek the Lord more and more. Because when you read scriptures like Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6, where there's just a little bit of who Christ is. Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and have made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever if for nothing at all if for nothing at all by his own blood he has cleansed us we have been washed our sins have been taken away and he has added on top he has made you and I kings and priests unto the father and he says to him be glory and dominion is this not enough <laughs> to be made a king my sins have been washed away And I believe there are a lot more scriptures. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 46, and that is a long one, but let me quickly run through. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 to 16. I believe there are a lot of scriptures that we can see to give us the assurance that what we have received, nothing can be compared to it. And for which reason, I am struggling to see why I would come in and go out. So he says, Having made unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, and which are on earth and in him. In whom? Also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Verse 15 and 16. Wherefore also after I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks. Brethren, we have a reason to give thanks than to say that I am going out. There is a reason, in fact, sometimes I say to myself, when you wake up, don't make any demand on Christ. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. Because even what I haven't asked, He gives to us. Who even went and said, forgive us our sins? Who went to the Lord and said, make me a king or prince? Who amongst us? But he just gave it to us. With this, for me, all I can say is that, Lord, join me to say, we thank you. 
So we can say, we cease not to give thanks to you and making mention of you in my prayers. That is all that we need. So as you can see, all these spiritual blessings, brethren, let's put these things ahead of us. Let's put them before us. Let's focus on these. As we focus on these, you will see that there is enough reason for me to say that once I've come in, I'm in forever. Once I've come in, I have nowhere to go. And I pray that you and I will not be numbered among any individual who says, I am going out. Because this is priceless. You cannot get it from anywhere. What Christ has done for us, what Christ has given to us, you cannot get it from anywhere. Let a note say, I am denying him. You can't deny our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot deny him. He has done enough for us. And because of what he has done, you and I have come, and it is forever and ever. We will abide in him forever and ever. We will stay with him forever and ever. Who would have made you a king? The world would have said that if you don't belong to a certain tribe, a certain clan, who will look unto you and make you a king? But here it comes our way. Christ himself says, I have made you a king. I have made you a priest. Where else can we get this except in this faith? So, so long as for me, I've got the heart, heard the message, and today I am standing in. I say, Lord, I thank you. I'm sure there are many of you who got born again very early. Some of us, we came in late. But I thank God that whether I came in late or not, from what I have seen, I'm not going anywhere. I got in late. Some of you, it was when you were teenagers. Some of us, we even have to finish university and start work before we knew that Christ was Christ. But I've come to observe that day by day, my experience has not been as Paul. Where that very moment, when he had that encounter, that change came. Mine has been in bits. It's been in drops. But I thank God that day after day, I see the Lord giving me grace. And today I can say that if I hadn't come in, if I hadn't come in, I don't know what about you, if I hadn't come in, I don't know what life would have been. But thanks be to God that I may not have come in first. I may not have come in at the age of 10 or 12 or 20, but at the age of 34, I recall very well at the full gospel meeting in 1990 when my uncle invited me and took me. In fact, even when after the man had spoken, if I was still sitting down, but my uncle came, sorry, no call. <laughs> because that man's testimony, but my uncle came, sorry, no call. And I accepted Christ. And from, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Some of us are coming from very far. When we talk about the faith, it was their church. And we were just going to church. And we started going to church early. In fact, I think at the age of eight or so, we used to live at a Salam down. I have some of the pictures where me and my three sisters, we walked to the Holy Spirit Cathedral. We just went because, as in Kuala, I see a quote, sorry. Not today's sunshine band where they are teaching them things. We just went to the Holy Spirit Cathedral. And at a point, I think Assemblies of God at Abraka. 
removed like I said, even there, I'm in tears here. But God has been merciful to me. God has been merciful to me. And from 
and see what God and Christ has done for me. And I see what he has done is enough for me to remain. Because had it not been for the Lord, I would not be here. And I can always say that wherever or whatever you think I am or I have been, I am the only one who knows that had not been for the Lord, I would not be who I am. And I acknowledge that moment after moment. So sometimes say that what the Lord has done for me, that alone is enough for me to know that there is God. For me to know that our Lord Jesus Christ is really the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Beloved, I know you too. God has done something for you. You know, I said that sometimes some of us are ungrateful. And we even compare with what somebody has. And you think that the Lord has cheated you. But never, never, never. God knows what you and I can handle at every moment. He knows what you can handle. He knows us inside out. But we think we know us, but we don't even know ourselves. But the Lord knows who we are. So he knows what he will portion to us at every moment in time. He knows us. So we better know ourselves and know that the Lord knows that brother or sister, this is all that I can handle at this moment. And because he knows that this is all I can handle for me, I know that is what he has given to me. So let me concentrate on what he has given to me and let me do it well. Let me do if whether it is little or a bit, whatever it is, he knows that is what I can handle. And may he give me that grace to handle what he has given to me. Even the people he has put around me, he knows those are the people that I need. And no less and no more. If he wants me to move on, he will make me move on in his own time. Be satisfied with what the Lord has given to you. Be satisfied. When we are not satisfied, and then you think that there should be a little bit more that should have been given to you. And because you are not satisfied, you become a dissatisfied saint, a dissatisfied believer, a discouraged believer. And when you come to that level, you are tempted to walk out. Just hold on to what the Lord has given to you. It may be five loaves and two fishes. But those five loaves and two fishes on the desert can feed 4,000 people if you are grateful unto the Lord. The five and two can be a certain multiplication that can turn things around. But in our hearts, we should be given an articulator load before we know that God is God. That articulator load of fish, where will you store it? He knows I can only store two pieces of fishes. How much can your deep freezer take? Let's be satisfied with what gives us a bit at a time. There is a reason why the Lord gives us the Lord's Prayer. And He says, give me this day our daily bread. He didn't say, give us to us what will last my lifetime. He said, this day. And if you are seated here, you are listening, and I have the guarantee that every day the Lord will feed me. That is all that I need. That is all that you need. And that will make you a contented believer. The second point is that desire to have an encounter, a real encounter. Desire to have a real encounter. I think that because many of us have not had that encounter, that needed encounter, 
is still, we are not too sure whether we are in it or not. In Acts chapter 26, verse 13 to 19, Paul had that experience. Each one must have a certain encounter with the Lord himself. And it was midday. Oh, King, I saw in a way a light from heaven. Midday with light. That is an encounter. Above the right brightness of the sun, shining around about me and them which journeyed with me. Midday. Midday with light. And when we were all falling to the earth, some people have still not come to the point where they've fallen on their knees to know that an encounter had come. And I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew language, or Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting thou me? It is hard for these to kick against the pricks. And I said, who are thou? We must come to the point where we say, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, that I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, and to make thee a minister and a witness. Both of these things which thou hast seen, as I say, the things that we see, God does it for a purpose. Because we don't see things and hear right. We are not too sure where we stand. May the Lord remove the veil from our eyes and may we see in our rights. And those things which I will appear unto thee. Amen. Maybe let's take the 18 to 19. To open thy eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith, that is in me. The last verse, 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. An encounter. It seems to me that sometimes we just come in and go, because some of us have not had the encounter. We are still where we are. And we come in and go. We just see ourselves being numbered among them. But may the Lord open our eyes. May we have that real encounter to know that it is between Christ and I. And that heavenly vision, you will have your portion. And when I receive my portion, when I receive your vision... It's unto Paul and unto Paul alone and it's unto you and you alone. And don't be disobedient when that vision is opened unto us. The second or third point is our experiences. Our experiences. What experience do we have in our walk with the Lord? In Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 11, we might not, let's take the verse 11. Ephesians chapter, and I just take just the first two words. Wherefore, remember. Many of us don't remember where we are coming from. Remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who were called the uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hands. That there was a time that you were without Christ. We must remember that there was a time. I don't know how many of us struggled before we came to know Christ. Remember where we are coming from. There was a time that we were without Christ. Being aliens. From the commonwealth of Israel, there was a time we were strangers from the covenants of promise. Today, you and I can say that I am a covenant child. 
I have a covenant with Christ. Because I have a covenant with Christ, I don't look at what somebody has. Because of my covenant with Christ, I know what he has for me. Because of that covenant. We didn't have any hope without any God in the world. But today you and I have a covenant. Today you and I have Christ. This is enough to stay put and to be numbered among the fishes in the body of Christ. So look at where our experiences. Don't let any delays. You are calling it delay. But in God's agenda, it is not a delay. He keeps the seasons and the times. We are just following the crowd. And we think it should be our turn. Sometimes there may be trials. But it's all part of the training. The other point, fourth point I would like to raise is that let's live the life of Christ. In Ephesians, uh, I think Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, there are four main pillars that people can stand on for their living. And those four points are in this scripture. This just one verse is loaded. And it begins by saying, Beware lest any man spoil you. And here we are talking about philosophy, vain deceit, traditions of men, or even five, rudiments of the world, and Christ. Which of them are we standing on? So it says, beware lest any man spoil you. Through philosophy, vain deceit, traditions of men, rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. In our daily decisions, are we moved by intellectualism? Or philosophy. For some, every decision is based on the philosophy. On our own knowledge and wisdom. Everything is philosophy. Everything that we do. With that, you cannot be in Christ. And be following philosophy. Then you straight away you are denying him. Or vain deceit. Some of us know the truth. But we, we misrepresent the truth. And that is all our lives. All our lives is deceit. That's what they say in Chi. All their lives is deceit. So for some it's philosophy. We, know we, we become so wise and knowledgeable that everything is philosophy. But not after Christ. For some everything is deceit. But not after Christ. For some everything is tradition. Some are in the body of Christ. We say we are saints. We are believers. But when the critical moment comes. We decide by tradition. But not after Christ. For some is the rudiments of the world. So today because the rudiments of the world. Even for marriage. Some people sign contracts. It's not a a covenant. Because by the world standards, it's a contractual arrangement. You do this, I do that. But not after Christ. But blessed be the name of the Lord. If you and I will live our lives after Christ, we will never deny Him. But if we stray... And look at philosophy. To be deceitful. Traditions of men. Rudiments of this world. But not after Christ. If we are not careful. The way out will be wide. But if only. 
will follow after Christ, that narrow way will be our portion. Those other things may look glamorous. I don't know when words like you are smart came into being. When we were growing up, there was nothing that was smart. But today certain words come in and we want to be identified with them. So if you follow Christ, own your smart. But that is where we will survive. That is where we will live long. That is where we can be deeply rooted in Him. So these five points, I'm saying it is only one verse. May the Lord open our eyes to what is in this verse and know that where do we want to have our light, our life patterned? Is it after Christ? Tradition? Whatever. But for me, there is no other way but our Lord Jesus Christ. There is only one way. And the love, Christ's love for us, for what he did for you and I, should be enough for us to love him to the end. For what he had done for us, I need to spend my life to make him to be delighted in me, but not to turn back. So my prayer tonight, brethren, is that I believe that for you and I, there is no turning back. As Peter said, to whom shall we go? Sometimes we might think some of the sayings are strong. But that is what will make us grow and stand well. Sometimes there may be afflictions. There may be persecutions. But I love the scripture who says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But he says in all of this he will deliver us. There will be deliverance. So don't use sometimes one affliction or something else to say that I'm turning back because there's nowhere to go. So brethren, tonight, never turn back. Never turn back. Because there's nowhere to go to. Christ is all that we need. Christ is all that we need. I pray that we will love him more and more. We will seek him more and more. Spend time with him more and more. Our communion with him more and more. Our fellowship with him more and more. And I believe that as he sees our hunger, as he sees our thirsts, he will open up more for us. And whatever is hidden, the Lord will reveal unto us. And we will delve deeper and deeper. So you and I will never be silent. We will never be silent in the congregation of the saints. We will never be silent. We will proclaim this name until he comes or he calls us. It may be Stephen who was stoned, but he looked up into the heavens and he saw our Lord Jesus Christ standing up for him. In whatever situation we find ourselves, the Lord will be there for us. Let's stand for Him. Let's stand for Him. And we'll see His glory in our lives. 
Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for tonight. May you continue to reveal yourself to us. May we know you more and more. For you alone are worthy. You alone are greatly to be praised. Father, we thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.